episode 333 of Monster Kid Radio, and it is time to finally get into it. We're going to announce the winners of this year's Monster Rally Retro Awards, or the rallies as we call them here on Monster Kid Radio. The podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. I want to welcome you to the show. I'm excited to get into this. Now, every year we talk about honoring the best in genre cinema. And this year we're going to honor 1933s, 43s, and 53s films by announcing the winners of Best Actor, Actress, Movie, Monster, and Director of our favorite films. I'm excited to get into this with you guys and gals, and I'm not going to do it alone. We're going to do it with Stephen D. Sullivan, regular contributor to Monster Kid Radio, an excellent friend of the show, one heck of a great guy, an incredibly talented author, Monster Kid extraordinaire, and, well, part of the reason why we do the rallies the way we do. We're going to get into that with Stephen here in a little bit. Now, Steve and I actually met in person for the second time at Monster Batch earlier this year, so, of course, we're going to talk briefly about that, and then we're going to announce the winners of this year's Monster Rally Retro Awards. You excited? I'm excited. Let's get into it right after this. In this remote little country village, the mortal remains of a man are laid to rest. Who is it this time, Peter? It's Mr. Spaulding. They found him this morning. Just like the others. Just like the others, he died in the night. Get away from there! Get away! Suddenly, violently, horribly. This is an evil place. Corrupt and evil. Evil, as venomous as a snake, turns the quiet of this village into a writhing hell on earth. Where every man fears for his safety and his sanity. Where everyone is suspect. What do you mean they died by some sort of magic? Some witchcraft? For the first time in my life, I'm frightened. Everyone is frightened. The doctor who'd lived his life in the East. This man who could be the next victim. This woman and this girl are frightened, hypnotized by the crawling, creeping spell of the reptile. Stop! Pack your things, we're leaving. No, Dr. Franklin. You are not leaving. I could kill you. Possibly. But you could never be free then, could you? And what would happen to little Anna then? Trapped like animals in a cage and getting closer and closer, suffocating them with terror. The reptile. How often has this happened to you? You're on your way home after a long day when suddenly tragedy strikes. No human mind could imagine the enormous destructive power of this maddened, killing thing. Yes, sir, there's a big lizard back there and he's heading this way. Now get aboard! It's the kind of thing which can ruin your weekend. To prevent catastrophe, you need the Handbook for Surviving a Giant Monster Attack. This book features extensively researched methods to help you survive a giant monster event. You'll discover which vehicle you should use for making your escape, which method of counterattack is best for specific types of monsters. Hydrogen weapons, 
capable of wiping cities, countries off the face of the earth, are completely ineffective against this creature from the skies. And what common mistakes people make while fighting back. So pick up your copy of the Handbook for Surviving a Giant Monster Attack by Anthony Wendell today on Amazon. You can thank us by surviving. Pounding across the motion picture screen comes the most terrifying monster of them all. Gamera the Invincible. Gamera, the super monster that even the H-bomb cannot destroy. Gamera the Invincible. Gamera, consuming raw atomic power. Power to destroy entire cities. Open fire! Man's most destructive weapons have no effect on Gamera the Invincible. The mightiest nuclear weapons ever devised are powerless against Gamera the Invincible. Is humanity doomed? Will the world be destroyed? The United Nations is called to emergency session in a last desperate effort to save the world. We have one plan that we think might work. We have discussed Plan Z with the Japanese authorities, and they agree it is the best of our alternative plans. Is that correct, sir? That is so. Plan Z is hope of the world. A cast of thousands at the mercy of the most terrifying monster that ever lived. Brian Donlevy as General Arnold. is beyond comprehension. He must be stopped now. Albert Decker as the Secretary of Defense. Will Plan Z stop Gamera? Gamera, the Invincible. I decided I wanted to do an awards show style show here on Monster Kid Radio, and I wanted to recognize older films. I was feeling overwhelmed. I thought, you know, there's so many movies that I consider in the Monster Kid Radio wheelhouse, you know, from the 30s up to 1968, kind of the, the cutoff that I use, even though that's been getting a little softer and softer lately. There's just so many movies, so many years. And the person that I have on the show this week suggested, well, why don't we do it by decade? So you have Stephen D. Sullivan to blame for this <laughs> <laughs> or, or to thank, depending on how you feel about the rallies. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back and great to be doing the rallies again. Happy to be here. You're always telling this story about me helping to figure out how to do these. And honestly, it was just an offhand comment. <laughs> hey, man. It happened to work out. but <laughs> Yeah, it, it worked out. It's a moment of genius that I'm going to exploit and take advantage of and brag about for, well, until we're done. Awesome. Basically, with the rallies. <laughs> and because you made the offhand comment, I, I don't feel right doing the rallies now without having you on the show. And that's awesome. That I'm totally for that. That's a great thing. So the Monster Rally Retro Awards, basically what we do is we look at the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s and try to highlight, to recognize the best actor, actress, director, film, and best monster from these decades. And we're going to get into that in a second. But Steve, this is the first time I've had you on the show since Monster Bash. What are you doing now to keep that Monster Bash vibe going for you? Well, I'm, I'm trying to get back deeply into writing Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors, which is obviously my main monster kid friendly project right now. Although obviously I've, I've got other ones you can read, certainly Daikaiju Attack and a number of other things that I've done. White Zombie, Manos are monster kid friendly, but working on Cushing, which is a combination of universal and hammer horror styles is 
right in my my monster bash wheelhouse and that that's helping to keep me in the spirit of bash which i had just a great time with it was like a family reunion mostly with people that i'd never met it was like i i showed up we saw you immediately and then the people with you were all people that i knew even though i'd never met anyone I, I knew them from online communities and Facebook or from the B-Movie cast or from Monster Kid Radio. It was the coolest thing, and it just kept happening all weekend long. It was awesome. That's the best way to put it, and I think I've said it a few times on the show as well. So all credit to Steve for coming up with the family reunion line and description of Monster Batch. It's exactly what it was. And uh, I'm doing my best you know, to try to keep in the mindset. I've been slowly parsing out all the recordings from the Bash onto the show Uh I still have, at least as of this recording, two more episodes worth of stuff to put out there. So I'm excited about that. And I made some new friends and some contacts and firmed up some existing relationships and and just, man, Monster Bash, big thumbs up for me. And it was so awesome to see you again, Steve. And it was great seeing you too. And it's great that they've invited you back to do Monster Kid Radio stuff for the bash again and I'm, I'm certainly hoping you're you're gonna do that and i think there's even a chance that i may be coming back too i know juan ortiz has been telling everyone that i said i'd be back next year we'll see what the year brings but certainly i had a great enough time that i want to do it again my only regret from monster bash is that you and i and joshua kennedy did not get to sit down all together in a room and talk about the reptile, which we've been threatening to do on MKR for a while. So we're not going to be able to do it live unless one of us hits the lottery, but hopefully we'll be able to do that sometime soon on the show. So we just need to get Josh to uh, work that into one of his film budgets. That way it can become a tax <laughs> write-off for him. And then he can fly us all into somewhere. I No, no. We are going to do... We can do cameos in the in his next film. And uh, Oh, there we go. And it's, since I may be writing some of that with him maybe i'll even work us all in <laughs> and then, perfect then all he needs is an actual budget right <laughs> right now i've been talking with him uh you know, by phone and by text since the bash and he's got some big things in the works so uh you know i'd rather he spend it any any energy and any money that he gets put into a movie josh we'll, we'll do reptile over the phone we'll do it's fine we'll do skype but put put your efforts into the next movie because if what he's working on happens Man, I, I can't wait to see it. Cool. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I can't, I can't say anything else. Moving right, on. Yeah, now, uh, now I have to wonder whether you and I have been talking to him about the same thing or not. I guess we'll just have to find out. But, you know, we'll, we'll find out. we could also get Christopher Mim to fly all of us out. And then we could do an even bigger podcast with the Mimiverse and the Kennedyverse and us. And we could have like a big Monster Kid roundtable and, and all appear in Christopher's next film, though he just finished Demon with the Atomic Brain. So it won't be this year, but maybe... No, nah, give him a week. He'll start Maybe the new. next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you could shoot it at Monster Bash. Maybe it'll be a, hey, there you a go. convention <laughs> terrorized by monsters. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. It would. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, you mentioned Monster Kid Radio being there. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who hasn't heard, I have been invited back to actually have a table and have a Monster Kid Radio station set up sort of not really sure what all the details are going to be and rightfully so ron adams is focusing right now on the big october bash which i'm not going to be able to get out to although 
insanely jealous of anybody who is going to go to that because to see all eight Frankenstein films over the course of two days in a row at that gorgeous movie theater, that sounds awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So, so not going to make that one, but next summer we are talking about Monster Kid Radio having a table either in the hall uh, where all the guests of honor are or, or somewhere maybe right inside the dealer's room. Something is going to be set up somewhere, which I'm super excited about. It's just to have Monster Kid Radio as a quote-unquote official presence at Monster Bash. You know, we may even change our name that weekend. It'll be Monster Bash Radio. We'll see. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Anyway, it's it's a great opportunity, and I, I certainly hope that it's going to all come together the way way we hope. Yeah, me too, me too. I'll be in contact with Ron after October, and we'll start nailing down some things. He's already announced some guests uh, you know, for next year. Victoria Price, who, if you haven't had a chance to meet Victoria Price, she's amazing. You just kind of want to be around her because she has this positivity and, and such, and she's just amazing. Cool. So I'm excited to meet her. And then uh, an actress from The Brain from Planet Eros is, is also lined up. I can't remember her name, but she's been mentioned on the website as well, so that should be fun. Cool. Cool. Christopher Mim actually picked up a John Agar autograph at the right? past this year. So, <laughs> and it was like, he was showing it around and he was like, I'm not sure if I should get this. And we're like, well, if you're not going to get it, I'm sure either Derek or I am going to get it. Well, he <laughs> sent me over there to ask about it and, and kind of nose around about, you know, is it authentic? Is it a copy? How did he get it? You right. know, how legitimate is it? Because it's a pretty decent price. It was 25 bucks. Yeah, it was 25 or 35 It was something like that. It was pretty, for a John Agar autograph in that convention setting, I was really surprised at how affordable it was. But uh, Sunday, when I saw Chris, he's like, I got something to show you, Derek. He's this big, goofy grin on his face. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, he, and he showed it to me. He was like, that's that's awesome. So Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you never know what you're going to find at the bash. I, you know, got to meet Rico Browning face to face, and he's one of my heroes. I learned to swim, watching him swim as the creature, and there was just so much there. I might even—I'm not a big convention guy. People that know me know that I'm a hermit. <laughs> I don't go out that much. But being at bash felt—it felt like being with family. It didn't have any of the convention stresses that I usually feel. It was just like going from one cool moment to the next cool moment, one cool group of people to the next cool group of people. We went out and we did the Night of the Living Dead Cemetery, which was only 10 minutes from there. Uh, when I say we, I mean uh, Mark Hader, uh, Mitch Gonzalez, Joshua Kennedy, and I went out and, and wandered around the cemetery looking for the actual graves used in the film until one of the groundskeepers said, Hey, you guys looking for the Night of the Living Dead? Stop! <laughs> And we're like, yeah? And she's like, you park right next to it. <laughs> and we just walked in the wrong direction for the car. <laughs> so it, it was great. The whole the whole weekend was like that. It was just one cool thing after another. Uh, oh, okay. I got the Bash 5 back. You know, it's been several weeks, so I keep telling people I'm still coasting on the Bash fumes. But just talking about it with you now kind of brought it all right back up. So yeah. excellent. Thank you, Steve. Me too. You're welcome. Thank you, Steve. So, you know, we could reminisce about Bash. We could talk about Josh's new movie or, or what Chris might be working on or or your books or, or anything else. But that's not what we're here to talk about right now. We're here to talk about the Monster Rally Retro Awards, uh, the 2017 edition. I guess technically the 2016 edition. Is it the 2016? No, no it's, it's the 2017 edition. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, it's 2017, Derek. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm still on a lot of pain meds for we, some issues. You right. know, the people who follow me on Facebook know that I mess up my hips. So I'm 
slightly not 100%. So this ought to be a lot of fun. Right. Um, <laughs> Just as long as you get the right actors and actresses, we don't do that Academy Award thing where it's the wrong envelope, the wrong guy. So, That's right. So so the winner for best movie of 1933 was La La Land. Yep. Is what we're saying here. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ballot together it was a google form so real easy to fill out five categories you didn't have to vote in every category there was always a write in your own answer if there's a uh, nominee that you think we overlooked you could always fill in the blank there i know uh, steve probably wanted more war of the worlds in the 1953 section but yeah i think i wrote that in (laughs) we'll we'll get there we'll get there when we get to 1953 uh it was split up by decade like i said and this year it's 33 43 and 53 and steve i'm I'm ready to dive into this thing if you are ready to dive into it i am ready to dive into it too let's let's find out i'm dying to know who the winners are because i don't know so right the way this is going to work is i'm going to read the nominees and we'll maybe talk about them a little more again and then derek's going to tell us the winners 1933 best actor you ready I, I was born ready, sir. Here we go. Robert Armstrong <laughs> for King Kong, one of his best roles ever. Lionel Atwill, Mystery of the Wax Museum, a classic horror role. Leslie Howard for Berkeley Square, which is the time travel movie. Bela Lugosi for Night of Terror, a film I still have not seen the complete print of. Claude Rains for... The Invisible Man, an iconic role for him. And boy, the competition here looks tough. Or other. So, who has won the Best Actor for 1933? With over 70% of the vote, the winner for Best Actor 1933, who do you think, Steve? Uh, well, I would go with Robert Armstrong, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's Claude Rains. Yeah, well, don't be surprised. It is Claude Rains for The Invisible Man. And a great choice it is. Uh, it's an iconic role, and it's wonderful that he can win this without actually ever being seen in the film except for the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I think that has so much to do with just that manic voice, that <laughs> the way he you know, uses his voice in the film, because that's what he had to. Uh, that, that's all you hear of him or, or see of him or witness of him in the film, and it's just so good. Oh, yeah, and... He's, he's wonderful, and he, he portrays very well the slip from mania into madness. And at the same time, you can see that there once was a reasonable, rational man behind his performance. Even though we don't really see his face except for the makeup, which I guess was done by Jack Pierce. I don't know for sure, but I was watching a Jack Pierce documentary the other night, and that was one of the one of the things they showed was Reigns and his Invisible Man get up. So I, I guess he must have helped design that and work on it. Even though that's all you see of him, the fact that Reigns is such a great actor, it's, it's, he still gives you everything you could want here. Exactly. Like I said, I'm a little sorry Robert Armstrong didn't do it because I, I feel like his Carl Denham is the definitive Carl Denham, and it's a brilliant role, and anyone else playing it, he would be obnoxious. But with Robert Armstrong, <laughs> somehow Denham is both enthusiastic and likable, and at the same time, 
you know when he's kind of making mistakes. It's like he's big-hearted when he's making mistakes. It's not meaning to be a crazy bastard, but at the same time, he kind of is a bit of a crazy bastard. So, well-deserved win for Claude Rains. You know, if it means anything to you, if there was a second-place or runner-up, Robert Armstrong could come in second. That, that, is, that is nice, you know, and I, I still have to rewatch Barkley Square, or Berkeley Square. I haven't... Uh, managed to rewatch that yet so and that leads us into the next category which is best actress there we go we have heather angel for berkeley square again haven't rewatched it we have <laughs> glenda farrell as the reporter in mystery of the wax museum she's brilliant we have carol lombard for supernatural which after we did the nominees i realized i have not seen Maybe at all, but certainly not recently. I was uh, mixing it up with a Claude Rains film called The Clairvoyant, I think. So I need oh, to, okay. I need to track that down and see it, and I need to rewatch The Clairvoyant as well. Anyway, Clara Lombard for Supernatural. We have the great Gloria Stewart for The Invisible Man. And we have Faye Ray for her iconic role as Anne Darrow in King Kong. And other. So... Best actress for 1933 is Faye Ray. I mean, <laughs> she she dominated again. Just under 75 percent of the vote came in for Faye Ray uh, for King Kong. The other ones, you know, Heather Angel didn't get any votes at all, unfortunately. Glenda Farrell came in second place. If we're going to do seconds, and that's great. I mean, I love her. And oh I'm, yeah, she's brilliant. I've been going through the Torchy Blaine movies, and I just adore her in those films. Happy yeah, too, but. Faye Ray came in, clear winner for Best Actress, 1933. And it's nice to know that the Monster Kids agree with us on that, because one of the knocks you'll hear in non-Monster Kid communities is that Faye Ray doesn't do anything, and she only screams throughout all the movie. And that just is totally not true. She's completely inhabits the, the Depression era and Darrow, down on her luck, out on the streets, until this crazy, enthusiastic man sweeps her up and takes her off to an exotic locale to make a movie. And she's she's brilliant in it. And we've talked before that 1933 was one of those years, as I remember, that we probably could have nominated her for three or four different things in that year. Yeah. But King Kong is, you know, it's her iconic role. And she came to love it later in life, too, and to really appreciate the fact that this crazy monster movie was what everyone knew and loved her for. So it's nice mm -hmm. to see her get that. Get that recognition with the Monster Kid audience. Definitely. Well, let's let's roll into Best Director for 1933. Uh, five more nominees on that list there. What do we got? We've got Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodzak for King Kong. We have Michael Curtiz, the great Michael Curtiz, for Mystery of the Wax Museum. We have Victor White Zombie Halperin for Supernatural. <laughs> We have A. Edward Sutherland for the seldom seen Murders in the Zoo, although I think it might be in Sven Gulli's rotation now. We have James Whale, the great James Whale, for The Invisible Man. And this, boy, this is another tough one. So who did the rallies choose as best director of 1933? It's a tough one, but, man, there were two, only two people got any votes at all. 
Uh, and, and it came down to James Whale or Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodzak. And it was Cooper and Shodzak for King Kong, uh, just barely edging over James Whale for The Invisible Man, which, man, that's a tough call. That is such a tough call. That is a tough call because they're both brilliant, brilliant films. But as I've said, I think, on the show before, King Kong is my favorite genre picture ever of all time. Edged out only by Casablanca in my all-time great pictures list. And I've probably seen King Kong more times than I've seen Casablanca. King huh, Kong's okay. a great, great film. I will watch it anytime it's on. I never get tired of it. There isn't a single thing that I don't like about King Kong, I think. It's it's a brilliant film. And The Invisible Man, I happen to see a, a chunk of it fairly recently, too. And it's a great film. But King Kong is, that's the one everyone knows. You know, I mean, people know The Invisible Man, but The Invisible Man was from a, a well-known book by a well-known author. So people know about it. But when you say King Kong, people's eyes light up. And that's entirely the power of that first movie carrying over more than 75 years to the present day. You know, those of us who are in it, I mean, we, we know Invisible Man, we know King Kong, but when you start looking at you know, the more mainstream. I mean, Kong has that immediate recognizability. The Invisible Man, I think people understand, well, there's a guy, he's invisible, but they don't really know. Right. Like, the intricacies there, and that Claude Rains was amazing. It's just his voice and all that. Kong, he's got that immediate visceral reaction from the mainstream as well. And, and not just because of Skull Island coming out not too long ago. I mean, he's Kong's been there for a long, long time. There's a reason why they use him to sell Twizzlers. You know, there's a reason why <laughs> King Kong turns up in all these commercials. So There's a reason why there are other giant apes in the world. And it's yeah. all back to King Kong, whether it's it's comics or other movies or, or novels or the Hardy Boys or whatever. There's a reason, and the reason is King Kong, because King Kong is something that's so iconic, he's like Superman or Spider-Man, that it's just, it's in our collective consciousness now, and it all traces back to the one movie. There was, as we've said before, there was no mythology predating King Kong about a giant ape on an island full of dinosaurs and monsters. Cooper and Shodzak and, uh, and Rose made that all up on their own amazing work yep. which leads us to the tough head-to-head -head again for the best yeah. movie of 1933 oh, we boy, have here we go. the beloved invisible man we have the astonishing king kong the eighth wonder of the world we have mystery of the wax museum an iconic movie we have night of terror the hard to see bela lugosi film and we have supernatural which i still need to find and rewatch. <laughs> and the winner of the rally is we're down to two again uh, what a shock did anyone vote for any of the other ones uh, no, it's Invisible Man or King Kong, and pretty much, probably because of the same reasons we already mentioned, Kong took it. Over 80% of the vote, King wow. Kong won Best Movie. I'm surprised, but not surprised, that it had that much of the vote. Certainly, when it went to voting on this thing, and I realized that I hadn't watched Berkeley Square recently, and I hadn't watched Supernatural either recently or maybe ever i won't know until i actually see it i thought oh i should watch those before i vote on this and then i thought wait it's 1933 
There's no way I'm not voting for King Kong in every one of these categories. <laughs> the only one that's even close was the leading actor one. So it wouldn't surprise me if the rest of the audience felt the same way. King Kong is, you know, for all the people kind of in the main part of the world might kind of poo-poo it a little, it is deservedly beloved in our monster kids. Doesn't surprise me there. Let's see how Kong and the Invisible Man squared off in the final category for 1933. Best monster. There we go. The nominees are The Invisible Man from The Invisible Man. King Kong from King Kong. The Vampire Organism from The Vampire Bat, which hasn't been on the list before, but is a a pretty darn cool Poverty Row film. We have Ivan Igor, Mystery of the Wax Museum. And strangely, but disturbingly, (laughs) we have Humpty Dumpty from Alice in Wonderland. Man, that is so creepy. W.C. Fields is Humpty Dumpty, man. It's so creepy. (laughs) Anyone that has seen the film knows that you speak the truth. It's very creepy. That is end-to-end. Despite the fact that it's filled with well-known movie stars, Uh that version of Alice in Wonderland is creepy. It creeps me out every time I've seen it. So (laughs) it's deserving that Humpty gets a a monster nod there, at least in a nomination. So the best monster. He didn't win. (laughs) He (laughs) He certainly didn't win. I'm betting he didn't even get a vote. (laughs) No. uh, This time there are three people who got votes or three monsters that got votes. Obviously, Invisible Man and King Kong, but but there was one vote for the vampire organism. One vote. Didn't win because it only got the one vote. But over 90% of the votes came in for King Kong. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) This was a near clean sweep for Kong. Except for Best Actor. I mean... Right. And and, And we've had that happen before. I mean, the year that the Wolfman was up, it pretty much took everything. But I mean, this... Yeah. What more can you say? It's a great film. And mm-hmm. if somehow some of you monster kids have not seen this film yet. Oh, come on now. <laughs> if somehow that is true, because clearly not everyone voted for it. <laughs> Sit yourself down, get the Blu-ray version. Don't watch it with the Harry Hosen commentary until after you've seen it the first time. Turn down the lights, get your popcorn, get the biggest screen you possibly can and watch the original and still the greatest King Kong. There we go. The eighth wonder of the world, like Steve said, like the film says, like Carl Denham says. It was true in 1933 and is still true today. This is a film that launched the careers of an astonishing number of filmmakers, either directly or indirectly. The most obvious person is Ray Harryhausen, who then went on to launch the careers of more special effects men than anyone else before says men and women and is partly responsible for inspiring godzilla so no king kong no kaiju right exactly that that whole thing you know godzilla and gamera and toho and diet you know none of that happens without king kong none of it happens without king kong none of it happens without kong and then the beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms without kong there is no beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms there mm-hmm. is no ray harryhausen working in the garage and cutting up his mom's fur coat to make a mammoth for one of his early films none of that happens without kong 
Well, and even behind the scenes, too, a lot of the things that Cooper would be responsible for in the film industry, you know, Cinerama. None of this happens without Kong being as successful as it is. So, I mean, it's very, it's an important film for so many different reasons. And it just so happens to be incredibly enjoyable as well. Right. Yeah. It just happens to be one of the best films ever made. Yep. And uh, Monster Kids, you you don't get your your card, your Monster Kid card until you've seen King Kong. So rush (laughs) right out and see it. Yeah, it's in black and white. Just deal with it. Don't don't even look for the <laughs> colorized version on VHS because I'm sure there is one somewhere. Don't even do that. You don't need it. Like I said, biggest screen you possibly can get. Sit down and just enjoy this spectacle and wonder, how in hell did they do that in movies were made. Adventure to make you wonder if it's true while your eyes convince you that it is. Truly the thrill of thrills. Don't miss it this time. Let's fight this thing out together. 
police, quickly. The invisible man is in my house. He's mad. He's killed a man tonight. Believe me, as surely as the moon will set and the sun will rise, I shall kill you tomorrow night. The secret of invisibility lies there in my books. Don't you see what it means? Power. Power to walk into the gold vaults of the nations, into the secrets of kings, into the holy of holies. squealing in terror at the touch of my little invisible finger. Even the moon's frightened of me. The whole world's frightened to death. I'll lay traps that even an invisible man can't pass. Here's stations now. Watch the wall. Help! Help! He's here! He's here! <laughs> here we go gathering nuts and may on a cold and frosty morning. Before we announced the winners for 1933's films, Steve did mention Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. Well, if you don't know what that is, I'm going to play a promo for it here in a second. But just from my point of view, the Derek M. Cook perspective of Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors, it is the monster mash that you guys and gals deserve. It's a heck of a great read. Now, Steve is the man behind things like Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, the novelization, which is an award-winning book, the novelization of White Zombie, and of course, he's also the man behind Canoe Cops versus The Mummy, a story that takes place squarely in Christopher R. Mim's Mimiverse world. The movies that he makes all take place in one unique shared world, and Canoe Cops versus The Mummy takes place there as well. Well, Steve is now turning his pen toward crafting one heck of a fun vampire mummy monster universal flavored hammer flavored rally and i can honestly tell you monster kid radio seal of approval i'm not just saying that because he's a friend it's a good read check it out at cushinghorrors.com and like i said here's the promo and then we're gonna get back to the rallies i am dr lee cushing welcome to my chamber of horrors Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a serialized monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror films. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and the original chill role-playing game. My goal is to recreate the thrills of the monster versus monster films that we all love. We'll have vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, and scheming madmen, and that's just in the first storyline. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors and other monster stories sent directly to your email for as little as a dollar a month. For just two dollars, you'll get all the chapters in advance, plus bonus stories and other perks. Sign up now at CushingHorrors.com or visit SDSullivan.com for a Patreon link. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again, and remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Well, let's move forward 10 years. Uh, the film industry is different. The genre of film industry is different. We are now in the second wave of Universal uh, in 1943. The middle of World War II. Yes. Th- things are very different now. Yeah, we're going to get a different look at uh, a different crop of films. So, in 1943, we're going to start off with Best Actor. And mm-hmm. we have Turhan Bey for The Mad Ghoul. 
in which he plays, is he a pianist in that? I think a piano player. He's one of the heroic characters. So Turan Bay, the mad ghoul. We have Lon Chaney Jr. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. We have Bela Lugosi playing not Dracula, but Armand Tesla in <laughs> Return of the Vampire, a film I saw on the big screen at Monster Bash. Fantastic. We have George Zuko, Dead Men Walk, playing two roles. Did he play two roles? That's yeah, the one where it's a double the, role. He's mm-hmm. the, the dead brother and the vampire. Yep. And then we have Claude Rains in glorious color. Yes. As the Phantom in The Phantom of the Opera. So just a couple of notes. Phantom of the Opera is something you're going to hear me discuss with author Dominique Lamsey's on a future episode of Monster Kid Radio. So stay tuned for that. And The Return of the Vampire, Frank J. Delostrito did a talk about The Return of the Vampire at the Bash. You're going to be hearing that in a future episode as well. Which is super. And I enjoyed it immensely. So much that I actually bought one of his books before I left. Which one did you buy? The Wolfman one. Oh, it's so good. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. A Werewolf Remembers, uh, The Testament of Lawrence Stewart Talbot. Such a great book. And coincidentally, the person who played Lawrence Talbot, Lon Chaney Jr., is the winner for Best Actor this year. Oh, you know, I, I hope it was close with Bela because his Tesla is just terrific. But Bela I, came in second, you yep. know, if that, if that means anything. Uh, I don't almost, remember which of the two I voted for, actually. I probably voted for Cheney because his Talbot is just so iconic and so important. You know, for a guy who got to play the same character over and over and over again for Universal, every time he does something different. I mean, there's still the core troubled, you know, he's beating himself up. There's all of that. But there's still a nice progression in the character as well that you get through all the films. It's subtle, but it's there, and I dig it. And... Cheney does not get enough credit as an actor for these films. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's never probably going to get a lot of love from the mainstream for his turn as the Wolfman, but his turn as the Wolfman that makes the Wolfman. It's not just the makeup. It's the fact that he's, he plays Talbot as this tortured soul. And he really, I don't think he ever did better in any other role. And I don't, don't mean to diss him that way. It's just clearly that role held something that was deep inside of him too. I can't help but agree. There, there's something there, and I mean, it's special. You know, I think what you just said a second ago. You said it's his turn as the Wolfman. For me, it's his turn as Talbot. That as much as I love seeing right. you know the monster design, Jack Pierce did a great job, and I love the iconic look of the Wolfman from these films. When he's not all wolfed out, when he's just Talbot on the screen. That's the stuff that's almost, and maybe it's sacrilege to say, more engaging for me because he's got so much going on there beneath the surface. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love him as the, the beast, but I love him more as the man. You yep. nailed it. All right. So shall we move on to Best Actress? Best Actress, 1943. We have Louise Alberton from Son of Dracula. We have Aquanetta, the titular captive wild woman. We have Francis D. from The Great I Walked with a Zombie. We have the great Kim Hunter out of her ape makeup in The Seventh Victim. We have Frida Innescort as the insanely cool Dr. Van Helsing type character in Return of the Vampire. 
Man, I love her in this so much. I I'm do too, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see who's going to win this because I have no idea. This one's a little all over the map. We got a couple of Universal films, and we got a, a Val Luton film, or two Val Luton two films. Val excuse Luton me. Films. Yeah, and then the one that kind of, sort of, maybe could have been a Universal film, but isn't. But but, but isn't. Yeah, uh, the winner this time around, Francis D. Really cool. Yeah. Well, it's hard uh, to go wrong with a Val Luton film. <laughs> It, it really is. Val Luton did not cast uh, people who didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, you know, his the series of suspense horror films he made are just unsurpassed in a single body of work. It's like it's like if Hitchcock had worked in horror movies, he would have been Val Luton. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Al- along with his directors, you know, I mean, it's current uh, sure. all around, but it's. They're an amazing set of films. I think I probably voted for Frida just because I I love that character so much. She comes out of kind of nowhere. It's not the kind of character you expect as kind of a very liberated, straightforward, active woman in 1943. I wouldn't say it's shocking, but it's it's ahead of its time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it is. It's ahead of its time. It's a fascinating role for a female to play, not not in terms of the uh, role that an actress would play, but the role the character as a female takes in this film. It's just fascinating. And I love my Monster Hunter characters anyway. I think people know that about me. She is one of the top, and I would totally watch more adventures with her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, a, in a minute. Absolutely. And you have to wonder, and I, I may have even asked this at the the Q&A, whether maybe they decided that that character should be a woman in order to move it further away from Universal's Dracula, which obviously Columbia Pictures was trying their darndest not to get sued (laughs) by Universal. Because basically, if you haven't seen it, Return of the Vampire is basically a sequel to Dracula in everything but name. Hey, no spoilers, man. Yeah. So uh, that's (laughs) as far as we need to go. Aside from telling you, if you haven't seen it, not only does it have Bela Lugosi as a vampire, but it also has a werewolf in it. And if I need to say more than that to get you to watch it, turn in your Monster Kid card now. <laughs> so Steve's just collecting Monster Kid cards in this episode, in case you haven't noticed. Oh, <laughs> uh, you haven't seen King Kong? Turn it in. Turn you it haven't in. seen this one? Turn it turn in. Turn it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's see if he does the same thing with Best Director. Uh, if there's any movies on here that he believes you have to have seen, otherwise you're turning your card. What do we got? I think you need to have seen all of these films. Oh, pretty much. I, I do too, but that's, you know. <laughs> and I'd, I'd say that's generally true with the rallies. There are some that are harder to see. Obviously, Supernatural is one of them. But generally, if you haven't seen these, use this as a checklist. To check them out, you know. Find these films. They're all worth seeing. Isn't that what we normally say about the uh, Rondo Award ballot is just use that as a checklist, go through and right. see all the things that you missed last year. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of these movies or all of these movies, I'd be interested to hear what you think about it. So you know, yeah. check them out. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Call in. Best Director, 1943. All right, here we go. We have Lou Anders for Return of the Vampire. We have Roy William Neal for Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, the best musical version of a universal picture ever. (laughs) We have, not discounting that, (laughs) Arthur Lubin's Phantom of the Opera, which honestly, I I like the new wine song better than the opera. Well, yeah. So the opera is good, and it is worth noting that the the sound has been cleared up and uh, straightened out and sounds brilliant in the Phantom of the Opera Blu-ray. We have 
Robert Siodmak for Son of Dracula. And we have the amazing Shock Turner in Val Luton's I Walked with a Zombie. So I think I know where I went on this, though. This is a tough call between one of my favorite films and a couple of my favorite films and one of my favorite directors. How did the audience vote? The audience went with Jacques Tourneur. What a shock. <laughs> right? Uh, to be fair, everybody got represented in the ballot. Every nominee got a vote. Awesome. Uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman came in second. Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman is one of my favorite films. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. So we may get a little head-to-head in the next category. But Jacques Tourneur, for those of you that don't know, is one of the great directors of all time. Brilliant director. And working with Val Luton on the number of films that he did. Boy, uh, what a great writer, director, producer partnership there. Those guys were astonishing. Astonishing. Well-deserved. Moving on. More head-to-heads. Okay. For the best movie, we have Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. We have I Walked with a Zombie. We have The Return of the Vampire. We have... Revenge of the Zombies, which I just watched the other night with John Carradine and my beloved Mantan Moorland. And we have Son of Dracula. And the winner for Best Movie of 1943 is... This is going to be one of those situations where the best director and best movie do not line up. In this case, best movie went to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. There you go. (laughs) And I, you know, I may have voted that way, too. Because I love walked with I walked with a zombie, but Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is one of those films that I can watch whenever it's on, picking it up at any point and just watching it until I can't watch it anymore for whatever reason. Like Kong, it's something that if it's on, I will watch it. There you go, and I'll even sing the new wine song along <laughs> with it, which we got to do at the Monster Bash this year because that's a tradition. Yes. Yeah. So, and I recorded it. I recorded everybody singing it. I, I held my Zoom up high in the air and got everybody singing the, the new wine song. That was fun. If the audio is good enough, I think you're going to have to drop it into this podcast. If you, oh, unless, I will at some point, yeah. Unless you've got another <laughs> podcast you're saving it for. Nah. So, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Well-deserved. Great film. The first of the Monster Rally films. And so it's got that going for it, too. It's not only a fun film and a good film with a, a great leading man, but it is it is the Monster Rally movie where we actually get two monsters together. Though, you know, Return of the Vampire has two monsters in it, too. And I don't know which one of those two came out first, do you know? You know, I keep going back and forth, and I think it was uh, the Universal I think so too, but I... But not by much. uh, And in some sense, Return of the Vampire isn't teaming up two existing monsters the way Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is. And hey, again, if you haven't seen those films, rush right out. Go see them. They're great. That brings us to Best Monster of 1943. The nominees are Bela Lugosi as Armand Tesla in The Return of the Vampire. Carrefour, which hopefully I didn't just butcher that French pronunciation, for (laughs) I Walked with a Zombie. Why do you think I have you read the ballot? (laughs) (laughs) Because I I flunked out of enough foreign language classes that I can pronounce a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, We have The Phantom 
Eric Claudin in Phantom of the Opera is played by Claude Rains. We have the Frankenstein monster played by Bela Lugosi. So Bela's on this list twice in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And boy, don't we all want to find the uncut version of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman where Bela actually gets to speak. Oh, man. And we have the Wolfman as portrayed by Lon Chaney Jr. in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And the winner for Best Monster is... Oh, it's the Wolfman. By, <laughs> by a good margin, it's the Wolfman. I'm entirely sure I voted for the Wolfman. Yeah. Because the Wolfman is one of my top monsters of all time. And again, a lot of that has to do with Chaney portraying the Wolfman. It's so iconic, and he's so good at it. He evokes such deep emotions of empathy for that character. It's hard to hard to beat him in anything. And like I said, the Wolfman's one of my favorite monsters. He's right right up there behind Creature from the Black Lagoon and Godzilla. He's probably my favorite of the early Universal monsters, exceeded only by the creature because, hey, creature. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so a well des- another well-deserved win for the Wolfman. Forever, who walks with the dead. 
Before we dive into the 1953 section of the Rally Awards, another comment on something that Steve mentioned at the very beginning of all of this, Monster Bash. What's happening with Monster Kid Radio and Monster Bash? Well, I've mentioned it before, but I don't know if I've been completely 100% clear on it. Ron Adams, the man behind Monster Bash, contacted me and said, you know what? We want Monster Kid Radio at the convention. We want you there. We're going to get you a table. We want you to set up. I don't know where I'm going to be set up yet. I haven't talked to Ron about it in a little while because I know he's Frankenstein's monsters neck bolts deep in getting the October Bash ready to go, which is that big eight film marathon of Frankenstein monster movies. Man. That would be amazing to go see, right? I, I can't be there, unfortunately. I wish I could. But, wow. Um, wow. Anyway, uh, Monster Kid Radio has been invited. I am going to be there. I'm still working out some of the details. And, you know, it just means a lot. The Monster Kid Radio has been invited to participate in Monster Bash in this way. I've only been to two shows. You know, I did it a few years ago. And then just recently, this year, I did it again. Thanks to so many of you for making that happen. To be incorporated and, and welcomed into that part of the Monster Bash community. Just is amazing. And of course, I wouldn't have gotten to that point if not for you guys and gals backing me up and making Monster Kid Radio what it is. So I'm excited. And as I get more details, I'll share them with you here on the show. Now back to the rallies. Sherman, set the way back machine. So 1953, a nice, refreshing change of pace for the 50s after last year's uh, awful 52 (laughs) entries. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the difference was between 52 and 53, but 53 came out and there are a ton of films here. A ton of films. And those of you, if you're just joining Monster Kid Radio and haven't heard the last set of rallies, 1952 was the year that wasn't for monster films. There was just... We were literally scraping the bottom of the barrel just to get enough nominees in some of the categories. We didn't even get five nominees in. It was just that terrible a year for monster films and horror films. The the eventual winner of most everything in 1952 was was an actual good universal film. So Well, let's see how this year does. I mean, this year has got some good ones, so why don't, why don't we kick it off? We're going to take a deep breath of fresh air because we're out of 1952 and to 1953 here, babes. <laughs> oh, awesome. And the best actor nominees are Lou Ayers for Donovan's Brain, Gene Barry for The War of the Worlds, Richard Carlson for probably not much seen, The Maze, a very Lovecraftian tale. We have Cecil Kellaway as the lovable scientist in The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And we have Vincent Price for House of Wax, his first major horror role. And the winner is, I think I know where this might be going. Yeah. This is a great, (laughs) (laughs) this is a great category. And all of these guys are really worthy nominees. You know, if you can get your hands on the maze, I highly recommend it. I, I love that film. Lovecraft, Carlson, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's in 3D, and if you can see it in 3D, man. Yeah, and I don't know if it's already out, but there's been rumor about it coming out on Blu-ray in 3D for a long time, so hopefully that happens. That said, he didn't make the... (laughs) Nobody voted for him, No one voted for Richard Carlson. Sorry, Uh, man. But but a lot of people voted for Vincent Price. 
<laughs> a lot of people voted for House of Wax and Vincent Price. There's just I, I can't imagine voting against him. Although everybody else did get a few votes here and there. Right. Vincent Price with over seventy five percent of the vote. Best actor. I am totally not surprised. I mean he's terrific. It's an iconic role for him and it's you know, ironically or not ironically, it's based on the nineteen thirty three film that we were talking about earlier. Right. So, yeah. History of the Wax Museum. It's like boom, twenty years later we've got another wax museum mystery and we've got more nominees from the, the same basic story. And it's a great role for what it's worth. Lou Ayers is great as Donovan and Donovan's brain or not Donovan, but the guy that gets possessed by Donovan. Gene right. Barry is a terrific scientist an iconic scientist in war of the worlds and Cecil Kellaway. When you think of professors in monster movies, he's the guy you think of. So those are all great performances too. Moving on to Best Actress, we have Barbara Payton in Four-Sided Triangle, which I have not seen yet, but just got a copy of at, ironically, G-Fest last weekend. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing that. No Godzilla in Four-Sided Triangle. No, but it is the first time I think a Hammer film has made it to the ballot, to the rallies. Ooh. You may I be, think so. Maybe right. We have Paula Raymond from The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. We have... Anne Robinson from The War of the Worlds, a great role. We have Barbara Rush from It Came from Outer Space, which is totally worth seeing in 3D if you get a chance. And hey, we're into the 3D craze. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And we have Helen Westcott from Avon Costello, Meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, featuring Boris Garloff. And the best actress of 1953 is. This one was kind of all over the place, I bet. but. Anne Robinson came out ahead. So oh, Anne Robinson wins for Best Actress. Yep. That's awesome. I think I probably voted for her because I love oh, that. she's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's – War of the Worlds is an end-to-end -end great film, so I'm not surprised. Awesome. Good for her. Moving along. Moving on to Best Director, where Steve called me out because I did not put the director of War of the Worlds on this ballot uh, uh, for – Best director. It was a tough year for for this. I thought. So you and, know, yeah, you know, I and I probably I may have written it in, <laughs> and we'll see if anyone else did. But we do have Jack Arnold for It Came from Outer Space, a really solid science fiction outing, and another good one for Jack Arnold. We have Andre de Toth, the one-eyed director of the 3D House of Wax, and if you think it's easy to direct a 3d movie when you can't see 3d well i i'm guessing you're wrong but if you think it's easy to direct one of the, <laughs> one of the best 3d movies ever without actually seeing the 3d then that just makes this guy's achievement even more amazing house of wax is great in 3d and the director couldn't actually even see 3d we have felix e feist for donovan's brain a very creepy intelligent brain takes over the minds of other people. It's an iconic story about that. It's a great film. And we have William Cameron Menzies for the astonishingly creepy Invaders from Mars, a child's nightmare of having the world taken over by Martians. And it's a great film. And Kurt Siodmak for the lesser scene, but still really cool 
the magnetic monster. And I, as much as I like Kurt and the magnetic monster, I'd have bumped this off in favor of War of the Worlds. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there is, of course, other, which would be the War of the Worlds. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, maybe I was kind of hoping people would put War of the Worlds in under the other blank. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, didn't bring in enough to win. Andre de Toth was the winner here for House of Wax at 42% of the vote. 42.9 to be exact percent of the vote went to Andre. Good for him. Good for him. That's awesome. That's, there were two 3D pictures in this best director category. And like I said, House of Wax, it's only behind perhaps the original Creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, maybe Avatar in terms of how good the 3d is in that it's one of the best 3d films ever made in my opinion it, it is phenomenal i love creature i, I love Cre- people know that i love creature and the underwater 3d shots and creature are amazing that said i would say house of wax's 3d is probably better than creature wow. for me uh, because in house of wax you're always seeing something in the foreground and the background whereas with creature sometimes you don't get a lot of foreground material as well as background material. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. You know, and, and you mentioned Avatar, you know, say what you want about the story of Avatar. The 3D in that is mind-blowing because he does take advantage of, you know, foreground, background, right. you know, mid-ground, whatever you want to call it. So in the you same get a lot way of that. That, in, yeah. that Hitchcock did in Dial M for Murder. If right. you watch that, one of the things that Hitchcock was clearly very conscious of was having foreground, middle ground, background to give – 3D depths. The creature, I think it it largely works because so much of it is underwater, and yes. that's not to take any any props away from Rico Browning and the other crew that did the underwater work. Uh, but the fact that it is underwater makes it in some ways easier to do 3D effects because it's all there right before you. You can have people swimming right at the camera. So anyway, the House of Wax, great film, great film, great in 3D. Well-directed and a well-deserved win. Yep. Moving on to best movie. Here we go. Now we're going to have some some real competition here, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We have Donovan's Brain. Iconic Donovan's Brain. We have Vincent Price's The House of Wax. We have the amazingly creepy child horror fantasy Invaders from Mars. We have It Came from Outer Space, and we have one of my favorite films of all time, The War of the Worlds, and other. But I'm betting no one needed to write anything else in here, because these are an amazing set of movies, unless someone wrote in The Magnetic Monster, Derek. <laughs> uh, actually, no. Somebody did write in The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms a couple of times, so. Oh, God, was that this year, too? thought that was oh maybe it was oh yeah, because we, and, you're anyway, right it was of course it was yeah so it didn't win this is something this is a first for the rallies and I, i'm not gonna I, I don't think i could see this happening again in, anytime soon but we had a dead tie for first place here wow 42.9 percent of the vote went to house of wax and the war of the world so we're gonna say dual winners this time around yeah that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have predicted that? Double win. I, yeah. I, I can't even imagine that's going to happen again. So. I, I don't see how it could. It's pretty amazing. And the way Google Docs does their 
thing. I mean, I'm looking at a pie chart right now, and it's 42.9% on there twice. That's, that's, that's awesome. So. <laughs> and well-deserved. Yep. Because, you know, God knows I probably voted for War of the Worlds, but picking between those two movies is just, well, it's 50-50, clearly. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> true. Let's see if we had a competition as stiff as that in the final category of 1953 and the final category for this set of the rallies best monster we have the martians from war of the worlds we have roman another 3d monster from robot monster and if you haven't seen that in 3d (laughs) well the bubble effects alone make it worth it (laughs) (laughs) we have professor henry jared as portrayed by vincent price in House of Wax. We have The Beast from The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I can't believe that wasn't on the best movie list, too. What we're going to leave out. There's so much good stuff in 1953. Why why didn't some of you come out in 1952? (laughs) (laughs) And we have the alien xenomorph from It Came From Outer Space. Did I get them all there, Derek? I think I did. I think you did, yeah. So, um, wow. I'm, I'm going to say I, I probably voted for The Beast because it's Harryhausen's first solo monster and it's another one of those movies I'll watch again and again and I like it better than The Martians. But again, War of the Worlds, another one of those movies I'll watch whenever it's on. What did the audience go for? Well, if you voted for the beast, you voted for the winner. The beast from 20,000 Fathoms did win at exactly 50% of the vote. Harry Hausen, it's your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Doing my little dance here. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll be running through my head all day. Thanks, Steve. Uh, (laughs) The the Retosaurus is one of the iconic monsters of all time. And as noted earlier in the Kong mention, 20 years before... Without the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, we don't have Godzilla or any of the other modern kaiju. So, thank you, Beast. A well-deserved win for the father of all giant monster kind, save King Kong. I say there are things better left unsolved. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no-man's land? Possible, unbelievable, fantastic, but I tell you it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Yes, it could happen. For various authorities believe that buried somewhere under the polar ice cap, in a state of suspended animation, are the awesome creatures, the leviathans that roamed the earth at the dawn of time. And under certain conditions, a nuclear explosion could free one from his icy tomb. Then, guided by instinct, the beast would come back, back to the caverns of the deepest Atlantic where it was spawned. An armored giant, wreaking his prehistoric fury on modern man and his puny machines. Cities would be terrorized by the cruel intruder from the past. Populations crazed and panicked with fear by its destructive force. Granite and steel would crumble. Soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Herald Square, 34th Street, Broadway, 
Every section of the city is guarded. No one knows where the monster will strike next. Another one, Colonel? No. You know what a radioactive isotope is? No, but if it can be loaded, I can fire it. I'll load it. Just remember one thing. This is the only isotope of its kind this side of Oak Ridge, so you can't miss. the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. Guys need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. Lieutenant, look! They slash across country like scythes wiping out everything that's trying to get away from them. That explains why communication is cut the moment their machines begin moving. Montreal's blacked out. Nothing more has come through. Same thing that happened on the Pacific Coast. Anything from them yet? No, Mr. Secretary. We've had nothing from San Francisco for over five hours. The nations of the world mobilize their armed might, rushing to defend the Earth against the unknown weapons of the super race from the Red Planet. Is there nothing that can stop the Martian death machines? Tanks, bombs, they're like toys against them. We know now that we can't beat their machines. We've got to beat them. All over the world, human beings cower before the onslaught of these unearthly enemies, whom no one has ever seen. Panic that sweeps around the globe as the great masses of mankind flee blindly in a headlong stampede of hysteria. looking forward to 54 because there's a ton of good stuff <laughs> in 54 i mean we got the original godzilla we got creature um, oh we, man we got, i mean those two alone are gonna make it nearly impossible like, can we go for a tie again <laughs> man we got them coming up um man it's just gonna be it's gonna be a tough year man right yeah again couldn't some of those have come out in 52 52 were really just we we're scraping just to make nominees never right? mind winners you know <laughs> And that's not nothing against the winners from that year, but if if you wanted to compete, that was the year to compete in with a strong strong film. So exactly, wow, fifty four. 
So one other bit of business uh, regarding the ballot this year, there was a a bonus question at the end. Uh, In 1954, we start to see some movies that are released uh, in their native country and then re-released again elsewhere with new footage worked in. Uh, Specifically, this was a question I asked because of Godzilla, Gojira. In 54, we have Gojira. In 56, we have Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And I put it to you guys and gals. Does that mean Godzilla or Gojira gets on the ballot twice in 54 and then again in 56? And overwhelmingly, people said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it twice. That's what we're going to roll with. Yeah, I think that's what I said, I think. We'll have Gojira on the list. And then in 56, when we get to that, Godzilla King of the Monsters will have its own nominee or place on the ballot as well. It's a weird question and a weird thing to have to deal with. But I think, in in especially in the case of Gojira and Godzilla, it's kind of the only way to kind of handle it. They're very different films, even though they're the same film, which if you've seen them, you know what we're talking about. And they're both really, really worth watching. Certainly, King of the Monsters is the way that I saw Godzilla for many, many years. And seeing Gojira when it was restored uh, probably around the 50th anniversary was just like, oh my god, this is a very different film. And yet, it's the same film, so I don't know. Got to got to judge them both on their own merits, even if that's going to mean we're going to get a crowded ballot a couple of years. Yeah, I think that that's what's going to happen here, and I we may have something similar happen with Gamera. I'll have to double check the release years on that if Gamera's going to make the ballot twice right. or not, because it you know Gamera obviously, and then the American version was released in '66 here in the states, right? Uh, with with new footage with Brian Dunleavy of all people, right? Of all people. <laughs> Um, maybe with Godzilla raids again, and maybe even Rodan, because the cuts of those are different, but I'm not sure if they came out in different years. Uh, Rodan and I think Varan the Unbelievable might also have, or does have an extra bit of footage in it as well, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all happening later on once we get into the, the later 50s. But yeah, next year, you'll see Gajira on the ballot, I'm sure. Well, I'll be shocked if we don't. So, But yeah. it's going to be a tough year to my... Two favorite monsters head to head against each other. So <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know which way I'm going, man. Can I split my vote? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's no fair. Well, Steve, I'm glad that we were able to do this again. Uh, Appreciate all the help that you've given us during the rallies and for everything else, of course. But uh, if you appreciate what Steve does for Monster Kid Radio or for the rallies or just appreciate good monster fiction, check out his stuff over at sdsullivan.com or is it Cushing's Cushing's Horror? Cushing Horrors, singular Cushing, plural horrors.com. And if you're into Manos, you can go to manosfilm.com. I still can't believe that that was not taken. <laughs> that URL has not been snatched up. It wasn't, and I asked Jackie, Ray Damon Jones, if she wanted it, and she said, no, go ahead, you take it. So I did. So check all of that out. And I always play the White Zombie promo or the Daikaiju Attack promo. They're in heavy rotation here on Monster Kid Radio. But if you haven't heard them or heard of them, check them out. White Zombies, an amazing novelization of the original film. And you want some original kaiju action? Go to Daikaiju Attack and you'll be able to uh, have some more kaiju fun in your hand in a book instead of on the screen, and it, and it works. We should give some love to Canoe Cops vs. the Mummy 2, which is based in the film universe of Christopher R. Mim, of course, 
because, among other things, it just got a really nice review from Tony Isabella, Marvel Comics creator and creator of the soon-to-be-released Black Lightning television series. He created Black Lightning, and they're doing right. a, a, a DC TV show for it. So that's awesome. Tony just gave me a completely unexpected and really, really nice review of Canoe Cops versus The Mummy. Tony's become a Mimiverse fan as well, so that's awesome. Yeah? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's into it now. <laughs> right on. So, Good job, sir. Tony's Tony's a big monster kid, so very cool. Right on. Well, Steve, thanks again for being part of the show. We'll have you on down the line to talk about some more movies, I'm sure. Lots the to reptile do, lots to talk for about. sure. Yeah, we got to make that happen. But there's, other, happen. there's other stuff too. I, I remember there was we were talking about something else, and I don't even remember what it was now. That there. Yeah, I can. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I say this every time I'm on, but I would I would do this every week with you, man. If <laughs> if we could arrange our schedules, if the world worked that way, if you lived next door, we'd be coming over to your house or my house and doing this every week because I I love. We'd never get anything else done though, man. <laughs> SDSullivan.com. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know about Steve when he's not here on the show. If you need your Steve fix, well, head over there and check him out and let him know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. He posts everything he's got going on over there, as well as on his Patreon page over at patreon.com slash SDSullivan. Steve, thanks for being part of the show this week. Really appreciate you being part of the rallies. And yeah, we definitely need to set some time aside with you and Joshua to talk about the reptile. That's going to be a treat. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it's alive. A gigantic beast, stalking the earth, crushing all before it. In a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror, <laughs> raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible titan of terror, wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Jet planes cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? Can the scientists of the world find a way to stop this creature? For the answer, see Godzilla, king of the monsters. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. A tale to stun the mind. More fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. More terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. Awesome. Incredible. Unbelievable. A story beyond your wildest dreams. Dynamic violence. Savage action. Spectacular thrills. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fantastic beyond comprehension. Gripping beyond compare. Astounding beyond belief. The mightiest monster of them all. See Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Coming this October. An avalanche of terror. It's the Monster Bash Oktoberfest Movie Marathon. The entire Universal Frankenstein film series on the big screen. On Friday, 
Frankenstein. The Bride of Frankenstein. The Son of Frankenstein. And the Ghost of Frankenstein. On Saturday, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. House of Frankenstein. House of Dracula. And finally, the classic Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Don't miss your chance to see Boris Karloff, Bella Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr., Colin Clive, Basil Rathbone, Lionel Atwill, Maria Elspinskaya, and a slew of others. Together on one of the biggest movie screens in the state of Ohio. The entire Universal Frankenstein film series, the way they were meant to be seen. The Monster Bash Oktoberfest Movie Marathon. The classic monster experience of a lifetime. Make your plans now. We will see you there. The Supermates couldn't stop it. It's amazing. It's incredible. The Fire and Water Network couldn't contain it. We didn't come here to fight with monsters. We're not equipped for it. The House of Frankenstein returns in 4D. They meet at the castle and hold debauched gatherings. Four blood-curdling episodes. Four classic horror films. Four supernatural adventures with your favorite superheroes. Four chances to lose your mind with sheer terror. Starring Lon Chaney Jr. When the full moon rises, I turn into a werewolf. With only one desire in my mind. To kill. John Carradine. I am Count Dracula. But I'm known to the outside world as Baron Latos. You see, before you a man who has lived for centuries, kept alive by the blood of innocent people. Julia Adams. Please, what is it you found? I don't know what you call it. It sounds incredible, but it appeared to be human. Peter Cushing. This place has been accursed. To the evil of some who abide here. And at long last, Vincent Price. Nine killed you. Nine shall die and be returned your loss. Coming in September and October to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I can't wait. There isn't time. There isn't time. House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. 4D. My work is nearly finished. Go now. Destroy all I have created. What do you think we did with the rally awards well i'd love to hear your thoughts do you agree with the winners did you have somebody that you were hoping would make the cut who didn't well email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or send me a voicemail at 503-479-5657 that's 503-479-5mkr i'd love to hear your thoughts on this year's monster rally awards i have a blast putting these things together and i'm already looking forward to next year's kinda it's going to be a tough ballot because creature from the black lagoon is going to be in there godzilla is going to be in there i'm sure so it's going to be a tough one but it's also going to be exciting and i'm looking forward to doing that again with steve of course i'll have steve on the show before then at some point we got to get with joshua we got to talk about the reptile all sorts of things that we got to talk about and of course we'll mention that over at our website at monsterkidradio.net or our facebook page 
or group, please like the page or join the group if you're a Facebook user. Also, if you're an iTunes user, please consider giving us an honest review in the iTunes store. Lots of stuff coming up here on Monster Kid Radio in the near future. I cannot wait because we've got Rose City Comic Con happening here in Portland, Oregon. It's happening September 8th, 9th, and 10th at the Oregon Convention Center. And on September 9th, I'm moderating my first panel at Rose City Comic Con. I've done panels before. I've been a moderator, I've been a panelist, and it's a lot of fun. But this is the first time I've done Rose City. And the name of the panel is Universal Unite with Monster Kid Radio. There is a Facebook event set up for this panel. I'm just going to read to you what we have there. Join moderator Derek M. Cook. That's me, by the way, spoiler, and panelists Jeff Dean, Dominique Lamsey's, and Chris McMillan to discuss Universal's dark universe. Long before Marvel and DC did it, Universal Pictures created the first shared cinematic universe when they rallied their classic monsters in movies like House of Dracula and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman during horror cinema's classic era. Now, Universal Pictures has relaunched their shared cinematic universe, starting with this past summer's The Mummy and The Invisible Man and Bride of Frankenstein on the way. What is the dark universe getting right? What is it getting wrong? And how would us modern-day monster kids have done it? Plus, you'll have a chance to win a monstrous prize pack, including DVDs and books. I'm excited for this. It's going to be so much fun. Again, if you're on Facebook, please head over to the event and let us know you're going to be there. I'm looking forward to meeting as many people as possible. Of course, I'm going to try to record the panel. And I'm going to have the recorder on the floor as well as I wander around looking for more Monster Kid radio content. I know Tad Galusha is planning on being at Rose City Comic Con. He moved out of the Oregon area. He's up in Alaska now, but he's coming back to Portland for this. I hope to run into him and catch up, maybe chat with him for a few minutes for the show. And well, who knows who else I'm going to run into? Maybe it'll be you. I've mentioned this on Facebook. I want to mention it here on the show as well. My mother is in town. And a couple of years ago, when she came to visit, I got her to sit down in front of a microphone. And we actually did an episode together. We called it Mother of a Monster Kid back on episode 134. That was in September of, well, it's more than a couple of years. That was 2014. Well, it is long time that my mother appears on the show again. She actually brought it up over dinner this evening. So here's how it's going to work. I could talk to her about, well, any number of things, but I want to hear what you guys and gals would like to ask my mother. Don't do this on Facebook. She's on Facebook. I want this to be a surprise. So email me, monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Email me your questions for my favorite monster kid mother. That sounds weird, but she's the mother. I'm a monster kid. That makes sense. She's my favorite mom. Well, kind of only money. You know what I mean? I would love to hear what you want to ask her. So again, monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And I need to get this in soon because I'm going to sit down with her and record over the next couple of days. So don't wait. I really need this say like by Saturday afternoon. I know that's not a lot of time, but just kind of the way things came together. Got to have your input. I have plenty of other things I can talk with her about on the show, but I don't want to have to do that because I want to hear what you guys and gals want to hear her talk about. And once I get that recording in the can, I'm going to sit on it for a few weeks because next month is September and we've got a themed month coming up. We've got sword and sandals and monsters happening here on Monster Kid Radio, kicking things off with a peplum sword and sandal movie that happens to have some monstrous content. Chris McMillan's going to come to the show and we're going to talk about, well, this movie. The Moon Men. supernatural and the real clash in a world of horror your power will be equal to ours you will possess all the riches of the world 
but remember that there is still one task you must carry out. Kill Hercules. I'm aware of the risk I'm taking. All you'd have to do is reach out a hand and take me by the throat and break my neck the way you'd break the stem of a flower. Why don't you do it? He mustn't get out of the palace alive. Kill him! My queen, the people are marching against the palace. Order all of your archers to man the walls of the palace. Okay, admittedly, that's probably not the best trailer, but it's the only one I could find for 1964's Hercules Against the Moon Men. I have not talked about a sword and sandal movie here on Monster Kid Radio. I did it once on my old podcast years and years and years ago, but this is the first time that we're going to don the loincloth and... uh, yeah, it's going to get interesting. I'm looking forward to it. That episode's actually going to be part one of a two-part conversation I'm having with Chris. In the next episode, Chris and I are going to talk about another movie, but it's all part of one giant conversation, and I'm looking forward to kicking that off. After that, we also have Rod Barnett and Dominic Lambs. He's scheduled for a talk about a Mario Bava film. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll post more details about this over on the Facebook page here within the next week or so. Throughout this episode, you heard the song Kashyyyk Beach Party. That is from the band The Hattori Hanzo Surf Experience. It's off their album, Meanwhile in Mallorca. And they gave us permission to use their music on the show years ago. And that song, to me, just kind of became our theme song for the rally. So you heard that earlier. Normally I'd go out on that, but uh, I've got something else in mind. Speaking of going out, this is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Looking forward to having you back here next week. Between now and then, though, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the aforementioned Kashyyyk Beach Party that belongs to the Hostori Hanzo Surf Experience. Check them out over on Bandcamp. Let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. I am your host, Derek M. Cook. I want to thank you for listening, and we're going to sign off with another bit of audio that I recorded at this past year's Monster Bash. Talk to everybody next week. Ciao.
Pedro 